Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks for taking the opportunity to listen to this broadcast, to be with us today. With me, as always, my friend, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Sir Major Carragher from Private Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, Colonel. I'll be your Colonel today. All right. Well, you know, you can become a Kentucky Colonel. I'm a Kentucky Colonel. So you can call me Colonel. I went over there and trained some people, and they got the governor to make me a Kentucky Colonel. Now, that in 99 cents will get you a 99 cent coffee in Las Vegas uh, if you buy a meal to go with it, because there's nothing that doesn't give me any authority. But they did somewhere in this house is a Kentucky Colonel certificate. And, I, you know, I went back to work. I was an E8 at the time, and I was telling people, you can call me Colonel, and they told me to shut up. So I want you to know. <laughs> well, I, I was going to claim it just based on the number of chicken legs that i've eaten from oh, kfc but i guess God. i guess i won't yeah. Some, you know brother i just want to say this it needs to be said our listeners need to hear this something has happened to kfc and i don't like it it took a bad direction brother thank mm-hmm. god we have Popeyes in south carolina i'm not Popeyes. uh bojangles in south carolina Popeyes oh, went bad and started brother. cooking shrimp and stuff like that but let me tell you something bojangles is right with god from oh, that dirty brother. gravy with some that dirty rice oh. with some gravy on top the bow the bow biscuits those blueberry biscuits and they put that they put that sauce on there brother they put that like that frosting that glaze on top of those bow biscuits and oh. and i just want to go on record and say and right now we should stop everything we're doing and go to the quickest uh, closest <laughs> bojangles because something happened to kfc i used to be a kfc follower man i was dedicated to kfc and something went complete i had a private one time tell me and we're getting way off the subject we're not even on your funny missionary story yet but i had a private come in and tell me sharp major i got bad Bad news for you. I'm telling you, this guy's name was Treese. He might even be listening today for all I know. I love Treese. But uh, no, Chenard. It was Chenard. Treese was a good guy. Chenard was a freak. So anyway, Chenard comes in and says, he says, you know, they took the name uh, Chicken off the name because they don't use chicken anymore. And I said, Chenard, what are you, what are you talking about? And he said, well, they, they, they took the name Chicken off because they're using this genetically modified bird. And they ruined it. Anyway, I, I just want to get away from that. And Shanad, wherever you're at, I still don't believe that. I want you to know that. But Kevin, <laughs> Kevin has our funny missionary story today. Bojangles is the answer. KFC's never been the answer in the last 10, 20 years. What's going on, Kevin? What do you have for us with the funny missionary story? Mm, boy, you talk about someone in authority that loses loses credibility like the Kentucky Colonel there. Um, my story is um, someone in authority in Canada. So years ago, this was 08, I think, um, 09 maybe, we were cruising along in a converted tour bus uh, with my family up through Canada. We had entered in through Sault Ste. Marie and uh, had gone into Ontario we're on our way to a couple of projects. One of them, we were going to go through uh, London, Ontario. I had a meeting in London, yeah. Ontario. Then uh, we went up. We're going to go through Sudbury, up through uh, to 
a place called Aurelia near Lake, um, oh, Lake something or other. And uh, I forget the name of the lake, but it's near Barrie, Ontario. So I was going to go, among other things, to a church in Barrie, Ontario and uh, do a military project or, you know, phase one of a military project to the Canadian Force Base CFB Borden, which is a big training base. And uh, in fact, I still need to go and um, there's more to be done there. But anyway, that, that was the goal. And then we were going to exit through um, up there by Thousand Islands, Doug, you would know where that's at, and come down to Watertown. And I was going to preach for Vince there in Watertown. Yeah. And uh, um, so, so anyway, we got about an hour and a half into Ontario from the United States and from the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and the engine blew it just blew uh it just it dropped a valve and it busted a a, just everything i mean it took out twenty thousand dollars worth of stuff and uh and i had two hundred dollars in my name and that had to get us across canada so i mean it was just it was a real it was a lean time we had seven kids um I think they were all with us. No, no, uh, probably six of them with us. But, but long story short, it was um, it was not a good time, and uh, so I did have towing coverage and roadside assist, but it didn't cover repair. So uh, we were towed. We spent the night along a little two lane highway in, um, in in the middle of nowhere, and we were towed to a garage in. Um, uh, in Ontario, I can't even think of the name of the town, but, uh, we were towed in and this really nice Canadian owner of a diesel shop met me. And, uh, he said, you know, who's going to fix this for you? I said, well, sir, man, I'd love to hire you, but we, we're just a little lean on money right now. And I've got a friend in Ohio and he's going to drive up across the border with his tools. And, um, and he's going to repair it for me. <clears throat> and so he said, well, great, great. He said, uh, he said, if you want to leave it parked here, you know, where it was towed and dropped off, go ahead. And, um, so we're, we're out there and my friend's working on it. And, um, uh, brother Mark Holbrook, great, great brother. Uh, he's the great diesel mechanic of my life. And he says, uh, Mark says, okay, we're going to need some coolant. We're going to need this. We ordered the parts and it was, it just got the, the, the price racked up, but I was so thankful that this nice Canadian was saying, oh, listen, take your time. And, um, Hey, hey here's an electrical cord for, so he can run his power. Here's an air hose so we can run his air tools. Um, uh, and we're like, we need some coolant. He's like, tell you what, don't worry about it. Here's a gallon of coolant. We need it. I think, uh, something like 20 gallons of coolant. I, it was just an insane amount. It was a big Detroit diesel, a V 92. And, um, anyway, he said, where are you guys going to stay? I said, well, we'll probably stay in the bus. He said, would you like to stay in our cabin? He says, we own a cabin right there by the lake. I said, thank you. I said, we don't want to put you out. He said, no problem. I know you're having a hard time. And, uh, he put us in the cabin. So a week into this, he says, he says, okay, Kevin, uh, you get her fixed up. I said, oh yeah, we got to fix up. He said, well, you know, uh, you know, you used our hosts and you, uh, you, uh, you, you know, you had this problem and, uh, that problem and, and, uh, here's the bill. And he handed me a bill and in this bill, <laughs> brother, he delineated the price of the coolant, the price of the parking, the price of the cabin, the price of the water hose, the price of the electric hose and the price of the electricity and water. 
And um, it was like $900. I said, sir, I said, I'm so sorry. I don't have this. He said, oh, he said, you, I heard you talking. You have supporters. He said, just write your supporters. And uh, I, I got a little bit in the flesh, but I just couldn't believe that he was after. I'm thinking these nice Canadians, I want to move to Canada. After that, I was like, you know what? These Canutes can keep their country. I'm leaving. But it was uh, just God got me over that, and uh, God forgave me for being in the flesh. And you came up with the money to pay the guy. and it, I came up with the money, yeah. And here we are, you know, uh, 15 or so years later, and, and uh, sadly, it's a, it's a funny story, but it's a bad one, and I'm sorry about that. And it's old Lake Simcoe. I, I was out fishing That's one it. time on Lake Simcoe and fell in, praise God. It was October. You know, there's still times I remember how cold that was. But, hey, folks, here we go as we cruise along. And uh, Old Barry, Ontario, one of the best Italian restaurants this side, uh, this side of the Arctic Circle. And uh, God was good. I used to preach all up through there when I was in the Army at uh, Fort Drum, New York. And oh, yeah. there's, can you imagine uh, Kevin and his whole family in a, in a bus cruising along, converted bus, and and God just blessing them. And I'm so glad to know Kevin. He's my friend. He's been through those things. And, man, some of those things aren't real easy. You know, we want to talk about a word today called omniscience. And the omniscience, it's almost spelt like omniscience. It's actually spelt like that. But it's, it's a God that's all-knowing. Our God knows, you know, not only is he all-powerful, omnipotent, as we spoke about yesterday, but he's omniscient. And, and just remembering that verse in Proverbs that we did a while back here on this uh, on this broadcast, Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and good. And, and uh, God's eyes are everywhere. He declares everything. He knows everything. And uh, doesn't thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous work of him that's made perfect in knowledge? Our God is all knowing Kevin there's nothing we can do that God doesn't know ahead of time that God doesn't know more of we're these finite little human beings without much to give but we serve an all-knowing God a God that nothing escapes him nothing misses him what are you thinking Kevin yeah years ago my family was going through some stuff with uh, a child a couple of the kids grew up and we're just having a hard time you know I got seven kids so you know it just got difficult and uh, uh, an army pilot friend and his wife said, your family, brother Kevin, uh, remind uh, my wife and I of Job. And I, and I knew that a reminder is, does not equate to, you know, substance, but you know, we were going through a couple things, but this is the thing about Job. When I, th- when I think about what Job went through, the, the reality is Job was never told. He never got knowledge. He did not get the science of what was taking place. In Job 1, we have the knowledge. We saw the science. There was spiritual warfare. There was a, um, there was a, 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 a real Satan and his minions uh, attacking Job before God, asking for per- God for permission to all but destroy Job. And it did destroy his family. And it, he, he did destroy uh, Job's wife's confidence and destro- destroyed his health temporarily. But, um, you know, the reality is he never had the luxury of knowing. But <clears throat> he said, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
And over and over, he said, he knoweth the way, he knoweth the way that I take. And when I shall, uh, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hey, so, hold that for one second, Kevin. Folks, we'll be right back with you. We'll keep on talking about Job. You don't want to miss it. Well, all praise be to God. Kevin, we're back there. You were waxing eloquently about Job, and sadly, we are right up against our window. If you want to keep going, that's great. Yeah, you know, is it not, is it enough that God knows? And Job is a stands out as he, you know, and as the example of the ages of a man that said, "It's enough that God knows," because he was never told that this is what was taking place. And it's really good that God doesn't tell us because we would become vain and we would say, Oh, I'm the, you know, I've been the, uh, set the crosshairs of an eternal battle. You know, all, all Job knew is things were going horrible and it hurt so bad. Uh, his kids were dead. And it, it, you know, as someone said, it might've been good if his wife had checked out as well because she became an antagonist but um but we know that's not true you know yeah she, life was hard on mrs job and uh yeah <laughs> yeah all those kids even after she, after things but yeah but brother brother god knows and he knows yeah. everything and if he knows everything he just needs time and he needs trust that he's going to bring things back just like with job better than it was before i'm going to yeah. land on my feet i will be happy our time is not his time, and uh, I thank God for that. Remember the five points I shared, and we'll move along. Suffering is not always a punishment for sin. When we went through the book of Job, we need to calmly accept suffering from God. Uh, we can express our grief to God through our prayer to him. Friends and family may fail us in our greatest need. They might let us down. Uh, remember those friends? Remember those knuckleheads, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar? Uh, it was Bildad, the shoe height, the shortest guy in the Bible. God uses <laughs> yep. suffering to teach us about him. He's omnipotent. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. He's, uh, uh, he is independent. Uh, you know, he's his own God. God has revealed himself. God is holy. And those are the things we talked about when we were finding our way through the book of Job. Thank you for sharing that, Kevin. That's good, brother. You reminded me of Lake Simcoe. There was a good church there in town. I can't remember it, but I will. And boy, we had a potluck that only people can dream about. Praise God. And they took me fishing. Brother, rule number one, never go on the boat if it's smaller than your car and you're going in a big lake. <laughs> I just want to share that with you right now. And uh, that was one of my favorite pair of pants that I ruined out there in that lake. And uh, it was a bad, it was so cold. It was just terrible. So we, we're on verse number 15, the 30th chapter of Proverbs. And we, we said the first sentence there talking about those leeches stuck on the daughters, like these horse leeches. We've all seen them stuck on horses. I gave you the story how we owned horses until we realized they ate like horses. And there are three things. I'm talking we kids. I was a kid, my parents. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not is not enough. The grave and the bearing womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not it is not enough. And, you know, the thought of this generation and, and talking about things that are never satisfied, Kevin, and there, there are so many things that, you know, we, we the dead never seem to stop dying. We know that. We mm -hmm. 
Uh, but we know God's word explains that to us. He explains that there's a season that we go through things and uh, that those of us who've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those of us who believe in him, those of us who uh, he's real to, um, uh, we, we pass from death unto life. And so many in this world don't get that. But death is actually life for those of us who've accepted Christ. And the barren womb, and it's hard sometimes to see these wonderful ladies and gentlemen who are married and would make great parents, yet God has left them bearing. And, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's an ache, a lady told me one time, an emptiness that nobody can describe. Um, but, you know, Rachel prayed her way through that. And, and, and the earth is not satisfied with water in the fire. The earth is continually uh, drink and absorb water, pour it on it, and, and the fire will burn as long as there's fuel to burn. These are examples of, you know, we can say we never have enough, but God wants us to know these are things that won't be satisfied. Well, I'm here to tell you everyone is satisfied in a child of God. I'm here to tell you that God gives us reasons and answers for things on this side. Kevin, what say you? Yeah, the grave is not satisfied, the barren womb, all of these things. Um, but praise God, whereas we can never, you know, we're never going to escape death, but by the, but by the rapture, but death is swallowed up in victory. And the reason, and that's in first Corinthians, you know, 15, but, uh, the reason is, is, uh, the verse comes to mind in song of Solomon, the, uh, Shunammite, I believe it's a Shunammite woman said that, um, death, no love is stronger than death. And she's talking about she has a longing for her man. She wants, she loves Solomon. Love is stronger than death. And, um, you know, the thing that swallows up our, you know, the, the, uh, un, the implacable uh, principle of death is the love of God. We're going to go through this valley and praise God. His love's going to swallow us up with something bigger than death itself. And that's exciting to me. I may have to go through that little valley, but it's really in a big, uh, you know, big, pleasant place and a, a wide pasture. And man, I'm looking forward to it. that. That came to my mind, brother. But, you know, I'm thinking about the, the, the idea of trauma here a little bit. And if I can just kind of shift a gear. Do it, bro. Um, yeah, trauma. Uh, um, so, yeah, all of these things in our verse are describing, you know, the hor- even the horse leech, the idea of blood sucking, never satisfied, the grave, the barren womb. I was with someone near uh, Fort Huachuca recently, and a uh, retired military guy said, yeah, he went swimming in a certain stream, and um in another country on a deployment or something like that. And, uh, actually I think he was, he had uh, PCS to Germany or something, but, but he came up out of the stream covered with leeches. Oh, uh, ooh, that's disgusting. Yeah. But, you know, but, but the idea of implacable and, you know, um, there's, there's something traumatic when you get around anything that there's no boundaries. You, you know, the idea of this, thing cannot be satisfied. I I am, I'm going to wear myself out giving and giving and giving until this thing has finally swallowed me up. And that's a bad, that's a toxic place to be. If you're in someone who is nothing but, if you're in a relationship with someone and, and, and I'm sure some of you are, and sometimes these things come and go, it's not like necessarily black and white, but if you're in a relationship with an energy taker, strictly an energy taker, 
Yeah. Number one, if you can get away, it's probably good to make to if it's a bail. friend. Yeah, bail from that that friendship because they're going to suck you dry. Um, but if you you may be in a toxic relationship of narcissism, and you know, just a word on narcissism is um, you cannot satisfy that person because their agenda is is only for themselves. Yeah, some and, people you know, stink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a scripture that comes to mind that says, um, but who can stand before envy? I can't think of the first part of the verse, but but who can stand before envy? Um, no one, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be right enough. You'll never be loving enough for the person who's bound and determined to have what you, what you have. They want something they're going to they say, give, give. I want what you've got. It's envy. So you'll, like I said, they may say, they may blame you. They may gaslight you, you know, and say, oh, it's really your problem. And and if you loved me and if you cared for me, you would, you know, you would put, you, you would, you would give me more, but really it may be a bag with holes and it may be an implacable meaning yeah. un, unpleasable. unable to be pl- yeah. unpleasable. Yeah. yeah. It, it may be that situation, brother, that is, that's traumatic. It's toxic. And if you happen to be in a relationship with someone like that, there needs to be an appeal made right off the bat where you bring that thing, like Jesus said to their attention and say, I'm not sure what's going on with you, but it's, it's just, you know, of all the people I know, you know, that are make life hard, you're three of them. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Of the five so people, that, I, four people I know, you're three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, so, yeah, yeah. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? And, you know, and folks, you know, there's always a lesson in here that I'm glad uh, aptly led Kevin to trauma and, some people just stink. There's some people you can never satisfy. And the, the great truth of the whole thing is if you're not married to them, get away from them. And if you are married to them, get consulant because you can never satisfy somebody who's not right with God. We've just spent these last two days talking here out of chapter 30. And this verse of 30 is grown up words, man. These are stuff. This is the way life needs to be. And if we're outside of this, if we're living outside of this in a different way, we're in the wrong place. And if we got somebody bringing us bad juju and, and ruining things, we, we need to bail. And uh, let me tell you, friends, there's nothing better in this world than somebody who's sold out for God and living that. There's nothing yeah. worse in this world than somebody who's completely the opposite of that. We sure do love you, folks. What a great opportunity it is to get together. Remember the lessons. Omniscient. God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He sees. He hears. He's omnipotent. And uh, we serve that great God. Smile today. That's a good thing. There's nothing he doesn't know about. There's no problem that's too big for our great God, as Kevin talked about job job did it man he trusted in him job didn't do anything wrong remember that sometimes uh, these things come these hard trials come to those who've done nothing wrong as a test of spiritual stuff and to make you better and to, to do god's work here on earth we sure do love you look for me at dugawoundedspirits.com if you need me have a great day we'll talk to you soon may god bless you and hey with that smile that only god can give you today Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. 
First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.